Hello there, hi there, howdy do. This is Ginger Minge, your international glamour toad of mystery. And today, uh, we are going to be leaving working girls behind to move on to a brand new podcast, which I'm very proud of and very excited for. You know, it's still kind of in the working girls vein, but today we are going to transition into local queen. And on this podcast, I'm going to be going around the country, the world even, and talking to some of our favorite local queens. Because honestly, I the, the term local queen really gets a bad rep if you think about it. People think, oh, she's just a local queen. I see that all the time. They go, oh, she's a local queen. She's a local queen. Girl, we're all local queens. We're all from somewhere. We all start somewhere. And to be completely honest with you, every time I'm home in Orlando, Florida, I am still a local queen. I show up to my same local gigs for my same local pay, and I have a a good old time with my same local friends. So on this podcast, we're going to get to know some of the the working girls, the, the local queens from all around the world. And today, we're going to start with my true best friend. I... I know there's been many over the years that I've claimed to be my best friend, or they've claimed to be my best friend, but there's truly one who really, really is my BFF, the one and only from Orlando, Florida, Gidget Galore, Lore, Lore, Lore. And the crowd goes crazy. Hi, the, Ginger. The crowd was already crazy. Yeah. That's why they're listening to this. But the, you know what? You 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 sit you wait. How do you say it? You uh you find the people who are most like you, and you're attracted to them. It's like a beacon of light. Oh, I thought it was you reap what you sow. Is that no? You no. reek when you sow. Normally, I rip what I sow. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of sowing, Gigicalore. For those of you who do not know, made about ninety percent of my looks. My hashtag looks. On RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 6, including that beautiful, incredible, top toot of the week finale runway. Oh, it was so much fun collaborating. You don't have to it lie seems to these like, people. It seems like so long ago because it was, what, over a year ago? It was over a year ago. Um, we started, what, in, in June? Late June, early July of yeah. last year? Yeah. Starting to in collaborate the on these, these looks. And we had, what, three weeks? To pull it all together? Once you got what you needed to take, yes. We yeah. only had three weeks. And, and we're going to get into this. I, uh, we're we're going to delve into all of this. But before we go into that, I really want you to kind of introduce yourself to all of our, our listeners out there. I want them to get to know you so that they know the woman inside. Oh, of course. I don't owe anybody money that's listening, right? I hope not. Oh, good. Well, well, of course, you know, Ginger and I have been friends for many years, and, and I'm a local queen here in Orlando, Florida, which doesn't mean that I haven't performed other places, but I, I love Orlando. It's my home. Mine, too. I love it. There really is. You know, we don't really get the respect that I think we deserve in Orlando for being a mecca of drag. It's such a melting pot here. Every kind of drag is represented, whether it's club kids or uh, uh, cis girls. Now we have these beautiful, beautiful queens. Well, Venus um, we Envy. Have, oh, great, great. One great of girl. one of the most famous AFAB queens in the world lives right here in Orlando with us. Um, last Halloween, we actually got to close out, well, not even close out, close down the Parliament oh. House. Uh, working with Venus Envy at uh, during the Rocky Horror Drag Show. I'm telling you, that girl can do makeup. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so fantastic! And but that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. We got Axel Andrews, yes, who I, I, you know, he's Roxy Andrews' drag kid. Doesn't really identify as a drag queen. Uh, doesn't really identify as. It's just uh, an androgynous uh, yeah. entertainer. That's the thing. I think we have some of the best entertainers in the world right here in Orlando, and we're so blessed to be a part of that. Um, And I think it's because Orlando is such an entertainment um, town, too, with all the theme parks, and everyone's got that entertainment background, whether it's music or movies or theme park, loading people into a roller coaster. Well, I I was going to say, like, how many queens do we know that are like, girl, can I go first? Because i got to be up at 5 a.m. to load people onto the mummy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's in, when you think about something like that, just you think that would be such a mundane job. But every single person at theme parks, they're cast members because they're putting on a show. So they're always in um, in character. So really, we're all actors, aren't we? 
Yeah. Actors, reactors. Yeah. So where are you from? I am from, oh, you're going to do it. Upstate New York. Yes. What Just part? Upstate. Uh, upstate. What part of upstate New York are you from? I'm from a little town called Beaver Falls, New York. Beaver Falls, New York. It's 45 minutes south of Canada, so it's way up there. So what is Beaver Falls, New York known for? Um, well, it's the home of the beavers, of course. <laughs> Which and, beavers? Oh, the Beaver River beavers. Um, so we're the home of the beavers, and we were a big paper town, and um, maple syrup, and um, um, cow manure, and snowmobiling. So it's really country. <laughs> it is. It's remote. Yeah. Well, one of the, the interesting things is when Gidget and I first met years ago, um, I I really kind of assumed that she was kind of a, a country boy like myself, because... You had a little bit of an accent. I won't say it's a southern accent, but it's definitely a country <laughs> accent. And you look like farm stock, like me. Right. I was sweaty uh, carrying bales of hay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> For a production of Oklahoma. <laughs> and when you said you were from New York, I was like, no, that something doesn't compute. Something doesn't check out. And I have to say, my, my knowledge of New York outside of New York City uh, was pretty limited. Mm-hmm. At that time. So, kind of describe Beaver Falls for us. It is the... Classic, all-American, down-home, small town. We had one flashing light, the smallest post office ever, and it was just, you just walked down the street, you never had to worry about anything, and I just, I think about that simple time, and oh, I just, I miss it so much, because I just think that everything is so fast everywhere else, but now when I go back there, um, the first two days are just Magical. I feel like, oh, I've missed this place so much. The third day, I am bored out of my mind. It's <laughs> too quiet. That's how I feel every time I go back to Leesburg. It's I mean, too quiet. Luckily, my, my mother ended up moving in with us over in Orlando, so I don't have the, the need to visit Leesburg like I used to. But it was the same Or the every- desire. <laughs> well, you know, I, I still desire it sometimes. I still get that, that itch to drive that 45 minutes over to Leesburg just to check it out and kind of see my old stomping grounds. But it's just, it's not the same Mm-mm. because nothing looks the same. Um, it, like they've closed down half of the stores that I grew up with and they've turned into chain stores. Uh, literally, that's all they sell are chains. It's <laughs> just chain stores. <laughs> just chains. And it, I don't know. Like, it's weird. I think that saying that you can never really go home again is kind of mm-hmm. true. It is. Every time you go back, it's not that it's not the same. Everybody has grown up. They've moved on. Not necessarily moved out of the area because they now just have more children. But it is uh it's just not the same feel because it's not your childhood anymore. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just grown up. Yeah, and uh you know, we grow up. We we, we move on. We we get wiser and wider. <laughs> well, I don't know. You and You're I, pretty tan. It's it's the No, I didn't say whiter. Oh good. I said wider. <laughs> we just came wider. through quarantine. We did quarantine here together at your house in Orlando because we're putting on all those digital shows and stuff. And then after that we tried to we were having to get ready for drag race, so we did kind of quarantine together, but yeah. um we we didn't <laughs> We didn't just eat, like, a salad for lunch no. or, or maybe something simple for dinner. We would always go, tonight is Thanksgiving. Well, that was the second week that we were quarantined together because it was only supposed to last for two weeks. Two weeks, Remember that? Yeah. Two weeks. We were going to be two weeks. Our second week, we're like, let's do something really fun since we can't go anywhere. We just set one day aside, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single day was a different holiday. Yeah. So we went through Easter, we had Christmas, Thanksgiving, Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo, 4th of July, and um, we had uh, Arbor oh, Day. Yeah, we, we had Arbor Day, we ate bushes. Jewish feast. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We had a Passover. Yeah, we had a Passover. Yep. Yeah, so we we did it all. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Oh, it, we, we put on a little bit of weight. The quarantine 50. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was like, mm, hashtag quarantine 15. We were like, 15? <laughs> this oh, week. Oh, we did this wrong. <laughs> we'll take a long, leisurely walk from the couch to the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> and then to the garage, which had been converted into the Jim Henson Studios South. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay. we're we, we do this. We get sidetracked all the time. But um, we I have derailed. Derailed. Well, I do want to talk about uh, is there any kind of drag scene or gay scene in Beaver Falls? No. 
No, not at all. Um, actually, I think one of the reasons that my parents moved away from there is uh, my dad uh, transferred down here to the Naval Training Center. And, and he wanted to do drag. And he wanted to, yeah. Yep, that's okay. Um, no, we, we moved down here, and I think that my parents really saw that I had this creative side. Um, the year before I went into high school in upstate New York, our theater department um, was dissolved the year that I was going into it. So that was sad. And I think the only creative jobs that I would have had is working for the paper as a writer or working for the news station. That do you was, like to write? I do. I like to write copy and I and I like to um, do interviews with people and, and learn. So those were the only two things. It was like the news or the paper. Those are the only two creative things. So Or the nudes. You could have done creative, T- tasteful nudes. I like tasteless nudes. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's good. That's wonderful. You know, topless. I think it's pronounced tapas. No, is this why you wear small plates over your nipples? Oh, I don't need a slightly larger plate. <laughs> slightly larger. Okay. No, but there was no, there was no drag scene, no gay scene that I knew of. I, I, I thought I didn't even know really what gay was. <clears throat> and uh, now when I go back, it's so funny that my brother, who is my biggest fan ever, will introduce me to. Oh, this is Rick. Him and his husband run the dance studio, and I'm like. Oh, how great. There's another one of us. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you need to meet Steve. And like all of these people that you're like, oh, we do have a gay scene. I just didn't see it. I never knew it was there. And everyone's like, well, you didn't go to Buffalo. You didn't do this. I was so young that you had to go to a bigger city to find these gay clubs that are there. Yeah. I was too I was a little boy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, do you ever get from, like, your brother or anybody in your family who, they're not very experienced with the gay scene, so they think that we all, like, live on the same block and we all know each other. We all share a P.O. box. They're like, oh, my gosh, I just met um, Roland from uh, Pacoima. (laughs) He's a gay. Do you know him? He's a gay, yeah. Oh, oh, Roland from Pacoima, yes. We spent that that beautiful summer together in Belize. No, Mary, I don't know every gay person ever. You don't see each other all at the parade? (laughs) The parade. The parade of the gays. The one of the gays. That's a very... um, heteronormative thing to say the The gays the gays are having a parade today (laughs) yes but i think i don't know my mother whether she says the gays or like whenever she would ask us if we were on drugs it was never are you are you doing drugs are you are you on the pot the pot are you doing are you taking the pot are you taking the drugs (laughs) no mother i am not um i'm tired because i'm just so busy like (laughs) running from my feelings and emotions I do think that, yeah, I, th- I think I've told you the story that my um, mother saw some photographs of me um, in drag for the, f- uh, not the first time, but the first time that she saw me in drag. And there were four photographs that I still have to this day. And somebody else had painted me and it looked really great. And um, my mother said, are you a prostitute? That was the first thing she went to. Are you a prostitute? And I was like, oh, no, nothing like that. I'm a drag queen. I think that hurt, hit, hit her even harder. <laughs> I don't know. But it's so funny now because they are such big fans. I know that that your mom is such a big fan of you. And they come to our shows. They've met each other. They they like it's it's great to have that now that they see that it is a job. It's a real job that pays the bills. You've traveled the world. I watch you travel the world. And, <laughs> hey, sometimes you travel the world with me. It is fun. It is fun. But now they see it is a real job. And I think the the thing that, that my mother has just told me right from the start is, I'm so happy and proud of you because this is such a great creative outlet. Mm-hmm. It is creative because of music, singing, costuming, your acting. You know, it's, it's everything. I'm so. not acting. I'm not acting. <laughs> It's Although so I do fun. have on my Joan Crawford eyebrows today. You do. You I do. They're nice and thick and dark. I, like I, I have to tell you this story about my mom. So we went to, my husband had to go to a wedding for one of his good friends. And he couldn't travel with me when I went to Punta Cana uh, like two years ago. So I decided to take my mom with me. 
Because my mom's always like, oh, you get to go to all these amazing exotic places. I really want to go with you. Oh, you get to vacation. No matter how many times I yes. tell her, <laughs> it is not a vacation. This is my job. This is my work. I travel for work. She, It never clicked in her head. So we get there, and it didn't help her fantasy that they pick us up in a like a private car, and they drive us to our bungalow at the, like the, it was like a, a club med. It was a club med. We like had an like all inclusive resort. Yeah, kind of so thing. we were like in like the biggest, most luxurious bungalow you could get. And, I mean, they were really treating us like gold for the week that we were there. We had a private bartender for our little section, and they would pick us up on the golf cart. We didn't have to walk anywhere, and everywhere we oh. went, they called her Mama Minge and da da da. So the first couple days, she was living her fantasy, and she was like, "See, I knew, I knew this is what <laughs> your life was like." Then we started doing the shows. And she had to start running back and forth to get, you know, the heels that were left or to get like the, the hairspray or this or that or the other thing. And she's like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to stay here. I'm talking to these people. I was like, you can't do that. You need yeah. to go get the flash drive so I can sing these songs for this rehearsal or we're not going to get paid and they're going to kick us out. <laughs> and we're going to have to walk back yeah, right. to Orlando from Punta Cana. <laughs> right. Um, and so she was run ragged for like three days while we were doing these, these tours. And she, we got home. And she was so tired. <laughs> and she looked at my husband and she goes, I will never question what you do ever again. That is the hardest I have worked in 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's a job. And it is it, it takes a lot out of you. But Oh, at the end of it, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a long show. Okay, fine. Two hours. Well, then it was the two hours prepping for that and mm-hmm. packing and all of that. Then there's that. Then there's washing your face. By the end of it... You're like, do you want to go out to dinner? Oh, no, I would rather somebody chew up the food and spit it in my mouth. I'm mm-hmm. so tired. Yeah. Well, not to mention, you know, we, we get on stage and we do these shows and it takes so much energy. And then there's always the inevitable meet and greet, whether it's planned or impromptu. Like last <laughs> night we were doing our regular bingo gig at yep. Hamburger Mary's in Orlando. And we walked outside after the show. We went through the back door, didn't even go out front where people could see us. We're literally tucked under the stairs behind Hamburger Mary's on Church Street smoking a cigarette and we look around the corner and there's a line of people that just want to take pictures with us and give us gifts and, 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 and talk to us and have that moment and that's really kind of what it's all about is like making the connection with these people but it's like oh my gosh we have been talking non-stop and mm-hmm. dancing and singing for two and a half hours I'm exhausted. And I that just, just added 40 more minutes to the end of the night. Just just yeah. being friendly and taking pictures. Which we love to yeah. do. So please yes. don't think Absolutely. You, this is not a, a call to action for you to mm-hmm. not come up and, and bother us. We love being bothered. It's never a bother. Oh gosh, if but, it weren't for, for, for fans and for people coming to see the show, it'd just be you and I singing at each other. And we did that through <laughs> all of quarantine and I hated it. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Um, but that just adds another you know hour to your shift mm-hmm. so by the time you're done you you really are putting in like between a six and ten hour day or, or six and eight not ten well yesterday was like yeah. a 14 hour you day for me one. but you know it, it it just depends on what you have to do that day but they are long shifts and they're very taxing and it takes a lot out of you and a lot of people don't realize that and i think it really truly affects um girls who are considered to be local queens a lot more than you know like like drag race girls or dragula girls or anybody who has that international exposure where this becomes our full-time job because there are local girls who this is a part-time job for them i mean they're putting in full-time hours exactly but they're still getting up to go put on the mickey ears and wave at people and and do all of these things all around orlando go and open a retail store um like what do you do like outside of drag you have a lot of many different jobs. I, well, my main job is um, costuming. So I'm a costumer. I've done things for Disney and Universal. And I, I worked with a great production company here um, in town um, with my business partner for 20 years. It was just great. And I love being creative um, costumers. I think it's one of the best talents, especially for a female impersonator, mm. to know how to sew. You know how to sew. We've made stuff together. Well. Well, you're, well, you're learning. You're I'm better. better. Yeah, you're better. I'm better. You're better, but you you get the basics of it. There are a lot of people that can't even hot glue something together. But um, so that's my job really outside is just you know costuming. I do uh, wigs for different theaters around town. Uh, I think we we all have many hats, and and there are a lot of entertainers that don't even know how to style hair or 
or sew costumes. And it is extremely expensive for that. I could never be in this career and not know how to sew. I would be broke all mm-hmm. the time. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way I could pay for some of this stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and when you were talking about hometown girls, like, girls will finish their job paint their face, drive 45 minutes to an hour and a half away Mm -hmm. from their home, that's how it is here in Florida at least, to go work at a bar for three hours, then drive all that distance home, wash their face, and go to work the next day. And we know tons of entertainers that do that Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. Well, I think a lot of people also need to realize, you know, what I said at the beginning of this episode is very true. You know, even the people that you see on TV, we're still local girls. When we are home, we are local girls. I don't show up to do bingo at Hamburger Mary's for $5,000 and a luxurious limo ride and all of these things. Girl, we're rolling our suitcases in half drag down Church Street. (laughs) Across the railroad tracks. Dodging the, the trains, dodging the Ubers, dodging everything. And we're going in there for, you know... Yeah, a hundred bucks in tips. Right. And then and then when you turn around, what's the first thing you say when you're on stage? I'm so happy to be home. Yes. This Orlando is my home. And it comes out of your mouth and they just they love it because they know it's true. Mm-hmm. You've always been It's absolutely true. Your home. So Orlando is your home now and it's Gidget Galore's home forever. Yeah. Gidget was born here, yeah? Yes. Tell yes. me a little bit about how you got into drag. I I think it all starts well, it there's two reasons. Either you're a theater kid. Yep. Oh, you dressed up on Halloween. Those are, that's how a drag queen is born. <laughs> and if you got both of them, there's your mama and daddy right there. But no, I, I was always um, in theater. And it's always been one of those things like we grew up watching Cirque du Soleil and all of this fabulous makeup. And now I feel like entertainers have no excuse because there's so many resources that you can find online to, to learn makeup and all of that. And we grew up with someone teaching us and just absorbing from your drag mother, like my drag mother, Catherine Nevitz taught me. And I just learned, I never have stopped learning. And I think that that's very important for up and coming Queens to always understand you are, you feel so fierce now, just keep learning because it's always going to keep changing. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, you know, my drag mother, Rusty, um, she, it was very like sink or swim with her. She said, I am not going to paint your face and let you go out there and feel your fantasy. She would paint half of my face and then tell me it is up to you. You've got to match the other side. And if it looks bad and if you look like somebody's popped you in the microwave <laughs> and half your face melted off, that's on you. Yeah. And that really forced me to learn. And it made me, you know, I remember we didn't have, you know, YouTube was very new and there weren't You're really right. makeup tutorials. No. We didn't have a lot of the makeup products no. that, are, that are available now. Because I started 16 years ago. When did you start? Um, let's see. Well, I won my first pageant in 2005. And then I was doing drug before that. So, like, 17, 18, 19 yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so it's happening. been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute, and the resources were were lacking in those days. So we had to sit mm-hmm. and really just go, like, sit in the mirror, devote time to painting the face, taking it off, practicing painting the face, just taking it off, and just going over and over and over again. And then I remember, like, the hardest lessons that were the most valuable to me were always in the dressing rooms with these girls that have been doing it for years. The and I, I think that. Because of shows like Drag Race, you know, um, the world, it, we're putting our culture into the hands of mainstream America, or mainstream world. world right? And they, there has been this push to be nicer, be kinder, don't be so catty, don't be so bitchy. And I understand that, you know, I, I do feel like there are, are certain times where everybody in the world should just kind of think about what they say before they say it. And I've always lived my life with a mantra, you know, like, treat people the way you want to be treated. That goes without saying. But we learn so much from the cattiness and the bitchiness and the reads oh, yes. from the other girls in the room. When you'd walk in and they go, oh, you're really going to wear that on stage? And <laughs> right. it was funny, but it made you sit there and go, oh. Oh. Well, let me go look in the mirror and find what's wrong with it. (laughs) Because if they sat there and pointed out, well, you know, before you go out, I just want to let you know that um, the hemline is wrong on that and you shouldn't have a safety pin visible there and maybe green isn't your color. (laughs) I I don't think you absorb the lesson as much as when they go, "Uh, 
you're going to wear that. So you stare in the mirror for 20 minutes before you go on stage going, what is wrong? Oh, the hem is wrong. (laughs) Oh, oh, you can see my safety pin. Let me fix that. Oh, maybe green isn't my color. You know, and and it really kind of forced us to learn about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is a definite art to reading someone, and I think that most of the time it comes from a place of love. So if you see a queen being a little bit catty here and there, like, just let it be, because that that that's a part of, of the drag culture. And that's, well, that's how we learn. Yes. You know? So when did you start drag? 2000? 2000, 2000, so 2005, I won my first pageant. So two years before that. So that would be 2003. So I'm not yeah, good at math. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's been 19 years then. Oh, oh my goodness! I almost forgot. We've got to we've got to hear a word from our sponsor. our sponsor. So before we do, before we delve into the creation of Gidget Galore, <gasps> I think we should hear a word from our sponsor. Welcome back, everybody! All the my ladies and gentle them. This Hello. is Ginger Minge, and I am here with my very special guest, our very first local queen spotlight, Gidget Galore. Hi, hi, girl. So we were just about to dive into the creation of the galore. So it's so crazy. When I first started, when I first started, um, I went with the name Bubbles Galore. Because because it was, we had this big man on campus where where all the jocks would dress up in drag um, for homecoming week and they'd have a pageant. And one of their names was Bubbles Galore and it always tickled me because he was the big, he looked like a refrigerator that wore sneakers. Like well, Bubbles just, should always tickle you. Yeah. <laughs> You're just your nose. <laughs> but that's really my first name. And then I switched it to Gidget because I always loved um, Sally Field and I always loved that that Gidget goes camping, Gidget goes skiing, and it was always a theme. Like I would have, like I would carry ski poles and, 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 uh, and fur on my head for all these themes and then i realized oh i all these themes are so crazy and i'm running out of space for props so <laughs> that's where gidget came from cuz i just thought it was a fun kitschy 50s kind of name and even though you ditched the bubbles i'd say gidget still is pretty bubbly she's bubbly she's effervescent effervescent that's yeah. a big word effervescent i know i had to practice that one let me see hold on hey siri what does effervescent mean No, no, I don't. I think giving off bubbles and fizzy is enough. <laughs> it helps clean dentures. So, did you start doing drag at school? We had a Halloween party. There we go. Oh. Yeah, and I wore a blue taffeta prom dress with a store-bought Marilyn Monroe wig. Oh, from Ooh. which shore? Oh, from Costumes Unlimited here in Orlando. It was oh, I re- well, well, you know, I have to say, it's not like going to a spirit Halloween no, or this a Walmart. Was, this was a big, big, big rental um, costume shop here in town that I ended up working at many years later. But it was I have so a similar story. I, I uh, was, <laughs> well, it's kind of similar. I was actually taken into a mental health facility. Like, oh, yeah, totally. Baker acted, and then I ended up working as a receptionist for them a couple of years later. <laughs> it's the Stockholm Syndrome. It's crazy, but that's how it all started, like, at school. And then, of course, when I when we came out, we used to come out and drag to the clubs just for fun. Oh, girl, some of these pictures were just... I look like um, a before Jenny Craig ad. It was... <laughs> I had a brown bob wig... Nary a tease in it. It was bored straight. My first wig was a brown bob store-bought Halloween yes. costume wig. The, yes. The strip page boy. Oh, it was, yes. <laughs> I looked like Carney Wilson yes. on a bender. Yes. And I wore it with a blue polyester pantsuit. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah. And where I, was that treat from? That was from a Ross. Mine was from Ross, too, from the yeah. clearance rack? Yeah, probably. But I knew that I had made it because it um, I had put about 15 rhinestones across the <laughs> chest. So it was stoned for filth, girl. <laughs> it was so much fun. Well, luckily the audience was stoned for filth, too. Oh, I know, right? So oh. so you put this all on for Halloween. That was for that was for Halloween at school. And then we used to go out to like Southern Nights in our bars here. And just like for different themes and stuff, we'd dress up in drag. And then um, I started doing talent shows. That's, I mean, that's how I got into it. That's how my drag mother got into it. 
performing at talent shows, working every benefit that I could for yeah. free to help everybody here in town. That's I think that Orlando has got one of the tightest communities, mm-hmm. not just a gay community. We are very we look out for everybody. And if somebody's raising money for pets, mm-hmm. everybody's there. Gay, straight, man, woman, it doesn't matter. Everyone's there. The the thing that really drove that home, as much as I don't want to bring it up, was, of course, the Pulse tragedy. Of course. And we saw how the entire community, whether they were fans of the gay community or the drag community or not, they the knew entire it was community wrong. got right. together. Yeah. And yeah. You, you still feel that sense of camaraderie everywhere you go here in this town. I love Orlando. That's why I'll never leave it. I will never leave it. And people ask me all the time, why aren't you moving to L.A. or New York? Because that's not home. No. That's no. that's work, and I'm happy to be there, and I enjoy those places, but Orlando's home. And the people that do move away. I know we work very closely with Mr. Miss Adrian. She moved away to New York. You've moved to New York. You've come back. Uh-huh. She came back. It seems like people that do go out looking for something, either they it doesn't quite hit and they have to move back, or they really do want to move back here because they miss what we have here. It's magic. It is. It's absolutely magical. Not just because of Disney. No. Oh, that's a big part of it. Yes. <laughs> I do love Disney. So you, uh, your inception was at uh, a Halloween party a at Halloween school. Party. You started doing these talent shows in town. Yep. And then what was your first big break? My first big, oh, my first big break. Actually, it's so crazy that you say that. Like, after we did the talent show, um, my my sister, my drag sister, uh, Bridget Galore, um, we did it together. We were hired. This is so weird that it's coming around to this. We were actually the first drag queens that performed at Pulse. We opened Pulse. Oh, my I Sammy, that. Bridget, and I, and we did a number in each room. And it was the Fourth of July, and we did an Andrew Sisters thing. So we were we were literally the first queens to to perform there to open Pulse Fourth of July. I knew that, but I don't think I ever knew that. It was so much fun. Oh, so much wow. Fun. But that was my big break. So we were hired in in that brand new bar. It was brand new. It was so gorgeous. It was just like so beautiful. And um, and then they're like, oh, we don't need any drag queens. So we got fired. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It was like the first week. They're like, you know what? Everyone's rushing in to see this brand new bar. We don't need any entertainment. Well, of course, that's going to change. And so many great queens have come through. Pulse over the years. Yeah, of course. You know, so it's 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 great. So then after um, you got the can from yeah. Pulse, <laughs> where did you head after that? Uh, then I worked at the Parliament House. From then on, I, I used to do happy hours. I had um, one or two nights a week doing um, special events uh, weekly there. I did a camp drag where we'd put... Just anybody from the audience, they'd have to put themselves in bad drag and perform. I did pool games... Um, hosting here in town. I Let's mean, stop know. for just a yeah. moment and talk about Camp Drag. Okay, yeah. so Camp Drag, it was an institution in this town. Oh my gosh, it, it so became this thing. So it was like you were the 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 hostess of the show. Yes, but it was like a rotating guest host spot with like me and yep. Addison yep. Taylor and and April Fresh and like Daphne Ferraro, Daphne Ferraro. Yep. All of the well, all of the comedy queens. Yes, all raised. of the comedy queens. We were all there. Um, so we were all there, and people took this seriously. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. You, you, you could not tell these up. people that they weren't on the RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> right. I remember how competitive it would be, and they would spin the wheel and get their genre. Their genre, right? We had ladies of the '80s, we had country divas, all that stuff on the wheel, mm-hmm. and then they would run to the back yeah. for these whole racks of of mothball smelling, uh, dirty, nasty, Thrift disgusting clothes. What it was is all of the queens would we would just whenever we needed stuff. Hey, does anybody have drag that they want to get rid of? So uh-huh. you know this was bottom of the barrel. It smelled like corn chips. Oh, it was bad. And we would just have those racks. <laughs> and then the frizziest, nastiest wigs, which I'm pretty I'm pretty sure like they were just the leftovers that because we yeah. used to fold these wigs inside out and use them for hair bumps, <laughs> pin them on, and then spray our foreheads. That was it. That was it. That was the ticket. Um, if so you we could put a piece on. That was, yeah. we made it. Yeah. This is a poor Addison Taylor had three hairs on her head, but she was snatching them back and spraying them back. Um, so anyway, so we would take those bumps that would be matted, nasty messes, and then just put them back there. Yeah. And 
Uh, and there was a bin of shoes. Bin of shoes. In the same thing. You know, this is the one that has the broken heel tip on it. Uh-huh. This is the one where the ankle strap doesn't quite close all the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the Dollar Tree makeup. That makeup. The makeup was horrific. We we used to have a full... They, we had everything down to mascara. Then we realized, that's disgusting. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So we had one little cold sore on one person, and the <laughs> lipstick ended from that point. <laughs> then we got sponsored by Avon. Oh. That would give us the testers, the little testers, so they could still have lipstick. And they would run from station to station, almost like a kickball field. Because they had, you know, you would have two guests. Yep. And then those two guests would perform. And by the time those two guests were done with their three-minute numbers each, they had to be ready to hit the stage. And those people would pull out all the stops. They would sit. It was like they were getting ready for the lip sync for the crown. Yeah. On a regular season of Drag Race where they had reveals. Oh, yeah. And they had, they'd throw marbles on the stage. Uh, They needed to to win their $50 Uh, a free room at the Parliament House yep. and two drink tickets. And two drink tickets, yeah. <laughs> and they would, they would, they would, they would know that, and people would scope out what they wanted. People that would come back and say, oh, can I do it again? It's been a year. They would know what dress they were headed for because they'd seen it on the rack the week before. They, yeah, they, almost an elbow to the face, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that the, maybe we'll edit this out of the episode because I feel like this could be the next big television hit. There we go. Camp drag. Camp drag. Gidget Galore and Ginger Minge. Well, extreme camp drag. Extreme <laughs> camp drag. So it's just going to be us with pool noodles <laughs> knocking them off their heels. <laughs> right. <laughs> Water cannons. Uh, and so I want to ask you, what was your proudest drag moment ever? My proudest, uh, I, I know this for a fact, my proudest drag moment ever was being crowned uh, Miss National Comedy Queen in 2007. I have never cried so hard in my life because I had worked so hard. And um, it's such a great system. The Comedy Queen system has been around since 2005. Mm-hmm. I was the third. You were the... Uh, this fifth? is my 10 years. This is your 10 years. This year. is my 10 years. Wow. Yeah, it was 2012. So this next this pageant next... we have will be my 10 year. And it was that was the proudest that I had been um, right then because it, we I had just worked so hard for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and if you want to see any of us perform in this pageant, you can get the DVDs at oh, yeah, a n r tickets dot com. That's a n as in Nancy. Nancy. Are like pirate <laughs> tickets.com and you can get all the DVDs there, all the information. Uh, Tina Burner from season yes. 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race is our current current rain. She's been raining for what two years? Uh, well, it's like Florida, it never stops raining. <laughs> it does. Um, and uh, her stepdown will be in March of next year. Gonna be a big pageant, big pageant, lots of contestants. You know, I, I of course consider myself a pageant girl. I love pageants. They really kind of were boot camp for us. It was. It really was. It taught us everything. But the one pageant that I never got sad when I lost was Miss Comedy Queen. I kept going back because comedy is probably the most subject- subjective thing that you can do. Um, and it, they, it was always so encouraging. Everybody helped each other. It was never a... It's not a normal pageant that people would get real pissed off if you were doing better than them and mm-hmm. they could see that maybe their chance is slipping away it, everybody helps everybody out backstage i've never been in a system that has been so much like a family during before and after the pageant everyone's trying to help each other well here's the tea so i competed for miss central florida newcomer Yes. One time and one time only. And that was a, that was a big pageant. That was a yes. big deal for all the new girls. You wanted to win that pageant. I had the worst time of my life because there was um, somebody who would go on to become a drag race girl. I'm not going to say which one. You can use your powers of reduction. <laughs> um, they were so wicked to deal with And backstage. it's a newcomer pageant. A newcomer pageant. And I and for saw, those of you who don't know, that's when you have to be like a new. You don't have a title. You mm-hmm. normally didn't work at a bar already. No. You are brand new. You're yeah, fresh out of the gate. But unfortunately, towards the end of that pageant's life, you know, it was people who. Well, I never won a national title, so technically, I'm still a newcomer. Mm-hmm. No, Mary, we've been working together at the bar right. for ten years now. Right, exactly. You're not a newcomer. But this girl, I physically saw her 
put her dirty foot on the train of someone's white evening gown. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked them if they could borrow some super glue for their earring. And they, it was literally sitting open right there. She picked it up in front of them, put it in her bag and said, I'm sorry, I don't have any. Yeah. and But that's just, yeah. I mean, that's the one person that uh, really kind of soured me on that pageant, why I didn't want to go back. But I also noticed that in my pageant career, you know, girls got so competitive mm-hmm. over these things. But Miss National Comedy Queen has never, yeah. ever been that. And that was my first title. That was my first title on the Central Florida Newcomer. Mm-hmm. Was, I know. Yeah, that was one of the reasons I really wanted to do it. <laughs> I really, I, I uh, respected the formers of that pageant. I wanted to be one of them. But I was like, I cannot put myself through that again. Nope. No. Um, so we've talked about your proudest moment. Let's yeah. talk about your least proud moment. Your most embarrassing or just the time you didn't enjoy. <laughs> well, I sewed for you for All Star 6. <laughs> <laughs> What? No, that was that was no, that was that was also that was my my proudest moment because that the the costumes that you wore you did so well, you looked so beautiful, and we had to wait so long to see this stuff. It's over I a know. year. We just sat on it, just like uh, stuff would walk down the runway. You're like, oh yeah, we did make that. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, you sewed for me for All Stars too. Yes, as well. Yes. Because yep. you and Marcy Singhouse yes. are good friends. She made a lot of my stuff for season seven and for All Stars 2. She unfortunately passed away this past year. But you and her partnered up to make my Catherine the Great gown. Yeah. Which is just so stunning. And then you made, which is probably one of the most complimented looks that I've ever oh, yeah. had, which was my um, rubber on the runway. Well, they ended up changing it to like latex, whatever, at the right. last second. Right. But you remember our prompt Silver, was rubber on the ru- runway. Rubber, rubber on the runway. And, and it was Silver made blue. out of that that rubbery faux leather from some old diner seats, from like when Bananas <sighs> Diner closed and stuff. So flattering and so gorgeous. Smelled terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure once you wore it. Just <laughs> awful. But... Um, you made that for me, and that was one thing that people have still clung to. They really love that look, and then all the things you made for me for this season. I will say when when you brought up, uh, and that's so proud. Like I'm so happy with all that. But when you said about you know your uh, your your not proudest moment, um, I don't really uh, I don't really look back and think that there's something that I could have uh, done differently because I I I've always gone into this feeling that you don't have to stab someone in the back. You don't have to be nasty. You can just be creative, be good at your job, and you don't have to um, put other people down to get ahead. And it's always, and that's why sometimes it's being nice to a fault, and and it looks like you're being walked over. You always know who is trying to take advantage of you. Always, mm-hmm. um, but like it, it hurts when you try to do something so right and be nice to everyone. And like I, you know, I do drag queen story hour here in town, mm-hmm. and um, almost every single time we have protesters, and the things that are being screamed at me or the children that are coming in to, because we normally do it at the center or at um, our pride events, and the things that are being screamed are just so hurtful because you know that they're so far away from the truth. Yeah, that it really think it just like how can you say something like that about somebody that you don't even know or what (laughs) well and nine times out of ten the things that they scream are completely worse for these children than anything they could imagine that you're going to do while you're reading a story to them you know it 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 really it shakes the children i've seen it and i've talked to you you know i've been down there to see you do this and i see the way that um some of those people try you right and what but here's the thing they are not from Orlando. No, no. They're never people who are from Orlando. They've always been sent from somewhere else right. to come and invade our safe space. <laughs> right. Um, but because Orlando is such a great and tight-knit community, usually they rally around and run those people right back out. They sure did. Mm-hmm. The, the OPD came right, <laughs> right mm-hmm. to my... Res- I didn't need to be rescued because it wasn't a physical thing, but it just to know that they have your back and that they're there and... It's it's it was it's awful. a great community. It it's really a good community to be a part of. So I I want to talk real quick about our little foray into the theater. Yes. So it, a couple years nice. ago, 
Um, I had just gotten fired from the Haters Roast Tour because I decided to go do that episode of AJ and the Queen with RuPaul for Netflix. And the schedule just, it didn't work out for the promoter, so they let me go. And I had some free time on my hands. So I called Gidget, and I was still drinking at the time. And she, <laughs> <laughs> I've been sober for two years now, but I had to after that night because we drank way too much. It was a Taco Tuesday, and we were just sitting around like, oh, girl, what's next? What, what could possibly be next for us? I've got and this time off. Then we decided to put on Hulu. And wouldn't you know it, the first thing that pops up is the Golden Girls. And we looked at each other and we were like, oh my gosh, I'm the I'm the Rose. Yeah, girl, you're the Rose. Who am I? You're the Blanche. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm the Blanche. And then we started going through our ha- like list of friends. Who would be the Dorothy? And who would be the Sophia? And, who would- and then we realized, oh my gosh, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Because it, it we talked about it. Yeah. Off and on, like, wouldn't As this be joke, fun? As a joke, like, oh, wouldn't, wouldn't this be funny? Fun? Wouldn't this be fun? And it just it just lined up. We had, what, from beginning to end, from from that night until the curtain opened. Like two weeks? Two weeks. And we put together that entire show. And remember, we were only supposed to run it for two performances. Yep. We didn't think anybody was going to come see this. We, we were, were like, doing uh, it for ourselves. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> let's just go and have fun. Those two performances sold out within 48 hours. We added more. And it was the show that kept selling. We ended up doing it for the entire length of time I would have been doing the Haters Roast Tour. Um, And they would have bought more. And they would have bought more. And they've continued to. We have have never done a run of Golden Girls or any of our TV Land Live shows that that hasn't sold out or sold very well. Um, I'm very proud of them. We decided since we had so much success with the Golden Gals, we took that and turned it into a Golden Gals Christmas musical, which has become an annual tradition here in Orlando. Everybody looks forward to it. This year, we're doing an all-new updated version of that, uh, which we're very excited for. And then we did Roseanne Live. Roseanne with a Z. With a Z. (laughs) um, Which, it it was more of a serious drama. It was still really funny. It was still funny. But we ended up... Winning a lot of awards for it. Uh, We got so much recognition. Then we decided to do um, Gilligan's Island Live. Gilligan's with a Z. Gilligan's with a Z. (laughs) Island with a Z. (laughs) Not where you think it would be placed. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the show that, you know, we got shut down because of coronavirus. We started selling tickets and then... And then we had to close that down. Then a couple months later, everything started to lighten up, and we were like, "Okay, well, maybe we'll we'll do a very distant, socially safe production." Um, and then the Parliament House closed, right? So we had to cancel that one again. We're finally getting to do it at our new venue in Claremont, uh, at the Claremont Performing Arts Center in January. So back I think on stage, it, it is going to be our biggest and best show yet. I think because we've had two years to put it together, and we're ready. We're we're ready to make them laugh again. And now we're working on putting together a tour where we bring some of our favorite TV Land Live shows uh, around the world, so you can see it. More on that, you know, yeah, as it develops. Be, yes, but you and I actually are going on tour together this holiday season. We are. We are going all around the United States of America. Hmm. And uh, Canada. And Canada. I can't wait to have a corn dog in every state. <laughs> <laughs> or play cornhole in every oh, there state. We go. Uh, so, you and I are doing our Winter Wonderland Spectacular. It's a non denominational holiday spectacular for everyone. For everyone, yes. And it's um, kind of based loosely around the music video that we did uh, last year last for the holiday, holiday season. season. We mm-hmm. did Winter Wonderland, which you can go see on YouTube. Beautiful animated video, and it's gonna We're be little fun. clay figures. We are gamation. <laughs> We're the exact same size. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think people should expect from our holiday tour this year? Well, it's it's if you saw it last year, we went to Charleston last year. It's gonna be an all new show. It's it's really spectacular with costume changes, beautiful beautiful graphics that your husband mm-hmm. is putting together. So. It'll be, uh, it's like basically seeing a rocket show, but with two wider uh, rockets. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, double wide. Double. Some a would double say. wide. 
Uh, speaking of, my brand new album, Double Y Diva, is available for streaming on all of your musical platforms on September 17th. Make sure Yee-haw! you check that out. And make sure you go check out Gidget Galore, the star of the uh, <laughs> Friends in Low Places music video for my cover of that on YouTube. So fun. It was fun. There's so much coming up. There's so much that has already happened. I'm so excited that you get to be my first guest here today on oh, Local I'm honored. Queen. Uh, and I want to ask you if you have any advice for any local girls out there who may be feeling some kind of way because people think they are a local queen, quote unquote, what would it be? I would say never stop learning. You are going to have to do some stuff for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, that sounds a little dirtier than it's supposed <laughs> to be. But you are going to have to put in the work. You don't go from putting on makeup the first time to getting $500 for a booking. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to have to put in the work. But don't get discouraged. And and do the talent shows that are around town. Be a free guest uh, for tips. Get your foot in the door. It never hurts to show up in drag to your local bars and be uh, visible. Yeah. So people know who you are. Absolutely. And I think Orlando's one of the best towns, but I know that everywhere that does have a drag community, uh, you can go out and be seen. Make yourself visible. See and be seen. See and be Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. And uh, where can our listeners find you? They can find me in Orlando, Florida, or easier to find me is on Facebook at Gidget Galore. And what is my, uh, what is that other twat tweet? Twitter's Twitter? Twitter? I am on Instagram. Twi- Instagram. The Instagrammers. Yes, yes Nana. The Instagram. I'm under uh, Gidget Galore on Instagram. That's the easiest. Yeah. They can come and see lots of photos of you and I together. That's right. Tasteful it, nudes. It, it, yes. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> the jury remains on that one. Um, and you, of course, you can find me across all social media platforms. Make sure you go to gingermingeonline.com, not gingerminge.com. That is porn. Uh, that is also me. Uh, <laughs> but you'll want to go to gingermingeonline.com to find all of my social media. Kizzy, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do love and appreciate it. Oh, I'm so happy. But now, before we leave, mm-hmm. I want them to be able to get tickets for our shows. Yeah. So how can they do that? By going to gingermingeonline.com. Oh, Gosh, Isn't that just, it's so convenient. Thanks for reiterating. Yes, you're so welcome. <laughs> hey, look, I love all of you out there. And remember... Local queens are our local sheroes, our homegrown sheroes. So make sure you keep slaying the game and keep being that beacon of light for everybody in your community. I love you so much, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Mwah.